Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. I've never taken conventional approach to personal branding. When I've asked the question of what people think when they're asked to work on their personal brand, they literally cringe, and rightfully so. It sounds very manufactured, and in the world in which we live in, it can create an image of fakeness, you know, a kind of made-for-social-media image and not necessarily coming from a place of truth. And now while that can work in the short term, it it rarely does in the long term. People either catch on to you or you just get exhausted from trying to fit into a persona that's just not really you. I I know this from my own personal experience. You know, back in the days when I spent in corporate America, it often required me to project a persona that kept my job and advanced my career. And truthfully, for a long time, it really was my truth. I loved being in the radio and TV business, and I wanted to continue along that path. And in those days, no one was particularly concerned with who you were beyond your job. My day job was one aspect of me, and after hours, a completely different aspect. In many respects, it was like being on stage and slipping into a role that needed to be played until the end of a workday. I was pretty good at it. In fact, I was so good at fitting into the capitalistic role of successful revenue generator that someone in an office I worked in once mistook me for a Republican, which is kind of downright laughable if you really know me. But like all brands, personal brands evolve because, of course, in the case of personal brands, we're humans, so we evolve, or at least we hope we do. I changed, or maybe they changed, I'm not really sure. But eventually, I found that version of me to be exhausting. The values of the people I worked for no longer aligned with my own. And while I still consider myself a capitalist, and I do like to make money, no, it's no longer at any cost, which is definitely the climate I was in. It became harder and harder for me to stay in character and to keep the conversations I was having in my head with myself not fall out of my mouth. No, it's, it's no fun being someone that is not who you are. It just takes too much work. And it's not just physically exhausting, but it's mentally exhausting. You know, it's one of the reasons why I've always advised people that if you really want to strategize your career path and work on your personal brand, you're going to have to do some soul searching. And that's something that even those of us who like self-reflection and that sort of a deep dive can get really uncomfortable thinking about. When I created my workbook on getting your personal brand story straight, two of the questions I included in there were, what do you believe in? And what are the principles you live by? You know, we're living during a time of extraordinary change, in case you hadn't noticed. The pandemic opened our eyes to a lot of questions about how we want to live our lives And more and more of us want to work for and with people whose values align with our own. 
And I'm not just talking about millennials and Gen Z. I'm talking about all of us. So these questions become more important than ever. And if we don't take the time to sit down and think about what those answers are, we're going to wake up one morning and find ourselves in situations we just don't like being in. And trust me, it happens. Now, granted, there are those that don't agree with that. They are perfectly okay working for and with people whose values are contradictory to their own, as long as they get paid. And often, the more they get paid, the more they can rationalize that contradiction. Golden handcuffs is what we used to call them. Now, you could be one of those people, in which case you can hit the stop play button right now. But then again, if you're one of those people, you probably never started listening to this in the first place. So there's a third question I've added on, and I ask now, and when I get around to updating that workbook, I'll include it in the update. And that question is, you know, what are you willing to stand for? That's a biggie. What are you willing to stand for? It's tough to answer, but it's important, so stay with me here. The answers to these questions may or may not show up directly on a CV or a LinkedIn page or your website, but they always, always, always show up in our manner of being. How we interact, who we want to interact with, it can show up in something as simple as an Instagram post. Acknowledging this part of who we are brings it to the forefront and into the actions we take. It helps us to seek out the places we want to work and the kinds of people we work with, and hopefully to be more aligned with our overall values. You know, that's something that ultimately benefits all the parties involved. And yes, it even benefits the bottom line. Now, here's the thing. I never really thought about this question in the same way as I have in the last week as I've watched the Ukrainian President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people fight for their country. Like so many people, I am horrified by the atrocity of a madman like Putin attacking a peaceful Ukraine for no good reason, aside from his quest for power and domination. Yet at the same time, I'm also incredibly inspired by the leadership of Zelensky and the determination of the Ukrainian population to fight back. They know exactly what they're willing to stand for. Their country, their democracy, each other. They're not willing to go back to an autocratic Ukraine. Their stance is not just something that they might have verbalized a year ago. It is in their actions. They know who they are and they are holding true to it, even if it costs them their lives. They know exactly what they're willing to stand for and nothing less. Now, I am an admitted news junkie. And while I had weaned myself away once Biden got elected and I could wake up in the morning again, not worrying about what new collision course the former president had put us on, I'm back in, (laughs) up to my neck deep in the news, reading anything I can get my hands on. Axios, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Washington Post. I'm watching CNN and the BBC. I highly recommend the BBC when you just want the facts and no opinionated commentary. 
I'm hardly an expert in this, but the consensus is that Putin did not expect this. Perhaps part of his miscalculation is because his actions are not coming from a place of truth in what he's willing to take a stand for. They're coming from pure ego and narcissistic greed, a desire to take Russia back to the days of the czars and absolute power over an empire. They're coming from a place of self-involvement, which is a lot different than self-reflection. They come from intense, intense hatred and a long vendetta that Ukraine is not a country. Maybe that's why he miscalculated. He miscalculated the people that are very sure of what they're willing to stand for. Their freedom, their country, democracy. He also miscalculated Zelensky, who, in my opinion, embodies what true inspirational leadership looks like. When you know what you're willing to stand for, you're willing to do whatever you need to in order to maintain that. And as I sit glued to the TV, I've asked myself so many times, would I have their courage, their resolve, their determination? Would I be able to stand up for the democracy and freedoms that I so love if I found myself in that situation? Or would fear overrun me? I don't know. I think this is one of those things where you don't know what you would do until you found yourself standing in it. What I want to believe is that I would stand fast and I would be one of those people willing to dig my heels in. That I would have that kind of courage and unity, determination that I see in the faces of the Ukrainian people. But what I do know for sure as I watch this unfold is how democracy is something we tend to take for granted in the United States. I am more aware than ever how precious and fragile our freedoms are. I'm also reminded that when we really take the time to think about what we believe in and what we're willing to take a stand for, and we can truly feel it in every cell of our body, that it is our truth, we find ourselves capable of things we never before imagined. Now, that might sound like a bit much of an exercise in building one's personal brand, but your brand is you. It's the sum total of your experiences, your work history, and your education. When you know yourself and ask questions of yourself, like what do you believe in? What principles do you live by? And what you are willing to take a stand for, you're more likely to bring your whole self to your work. And when you do, you know, that's a win for you and everyone around you. So before I leave you today, I'm a bit curious. So if you're willing to ask yourself that big question, what are you willing to stand for? And you want to share it with me, send me an email or a voice recording, info at joannetombrakis.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And let me know. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember... Whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.